0: Hey, everybody, this is Greg Gutfeld. This is The One. I'm very excited about my next guest. His name is William McKeever, and he's got a great new book about sharks called Emperors of the Deep. McKeever writes books and produces films about ocean conservation, but his new book is a result of his two-year journey around the world to reveal sharks in a new light, mainly because people like me in the media keep putting them in a bad light. And uh uh William, how you doing?
1: I'm doing just fine, Greg. Great, great. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I keep – I wanted to do this podcast after Shark Week because, like, every time – this drives me crazy about the media in the summertime. All of a sudden you have uh, cable shows and stuff talking about people getting attacked by sharks, and they never tell you – or they never tell you the obvious explanation is that there's about 20 times the number of people on a beach during this month. (laughs) And so the fact that you have one shark attack in Florida or in New Jersey is not a story, but yet it, it people just get so excited to hear about the fact that there's this evil beast lurking, you know, off the sand.
1: Yeah, that's so true. There's a fascination with it. And I think it all goes back to the movie jaws and this idea that sharks are out there hunting us. And it's a primordial fear of being eaten alive. And so it just, a place to the human psyche, and uh, of course, the reality is very different. That sharks are, um, you know, they're out there hunting, and this is their wilderness where they live, mm-hmm. and uh, we're just not on that menu for them. So, what they come across <laughs> us, most of the time they just swim away. They have, they have more important things to do. Yeah, and and yet, uh, you know, the myth is out there that uh, that it's just the opposite. So it's uh, it's uh, for me, uh, it's it's a mission to make people realize what really is the truth here with Sharks.
0: Yeah, you know, and you brought up, I had a, um, in my notes, I was going to talk about uh, Jaws. Because I don't, I mean, I, I I guess I was nine years old or eight years old. I was eight years old when Jaws came out. Never thought about Sharks. Never thought about them. And the, the movie's based on a book by Peter Benchley. It, I don't think people realize what kind of, like, stranglehold that movie had on the American public in the summertime. It was... A huge deal. And if everybody was talking about it. And the, and rem- the, the slogan to the movie was, uh, don't go in the water or you won't go in the water again or do something like that. The poster was amazing. Um, how much damage did this movie do to the shark population over the last, I don't know, maybe 40? It's got to be 40 years.
1: Yeah, it's been 40 years. And it did a tremendous damage. And it just left people either fearful of going in the water Mm-hmm. or this view that, uh, again, the great whites are out there. If they're coming across a the human, they're going to automatically attack. And uh, Peter Bensley, of course, who, who wrote Jaws, realized that he had created a great error. Right. He was diving off of the Cocos Islands, and he saw all these sharks that had been finned alive, and their bodies were rotting on the seafloor. And he had an epiphany, which was to spend the rest of his life making people realize that sharks are not these uh, hunters of man, that they are actually very valuable, remarkable creatures. And uh, we need to flip the equation on its head. It's not that people should be afraid of sharks. It's sharks that should be afraid of people. Because when you look at the numbers, a 100 million sharks are killed every year. And last year, there were four people killed around the world. Yeah. So there's just no comparison. And this, myth, uh, you know, I, I was up uh, in Martha's Vineyard where they filmed Jaws mm-hmm. and uh, they're still showing the film. Uh, to my mind, we should ban Jaws. Yes. <laughs> it is irresponsible to show this film, especially to children. It leaves them with a with a with a concept
0: that's totally false. Yeah. Could you imagine? I mean, it, it, like I, I was thinking of. If if this had been applied to like dogs, but there was a movie Cujo, but it didn't have the same impact. But I, you know, we I li- I work among just rampant dog lovers. If there had been a movie that caused the extermination of two hundred million dogs, that movie would not exist. <laughs> that movie would be banned. Everybody would be in jail because <laughs> yeah. everybody like it is. It's and 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 the 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 sobering truth is, is that dogs probably kill more people a day than what than than sharks kill in a year like if you're talking about four fatalities by sharks a year i'm sure you can find in the united states maybe oh maybe four dog fatal four fatalities caused by dogs maybe in a week maybe in a day who knows i haven't done i should have you know i should have looked that up before i called you
1: Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. And uh, I do have the statistics in the book, uh, Emperors of the Deep. Mm -hmm. I have a chapter just on shark attacks. And in the United States, there is less than one death per year. Right. Uh, So if you are a bit, it, it is usually very minor, and you go home and you have a story to tell your friends. And just about every other creature that's out there. You mentioned dogs, uh, ants actually kill more people, and the same thing is true with bees because people have an allergic reaction. Yeah, and uh, and there are people who get killed by waves. Uh, <laughs> the ocean can be a, you know a dangerous place. The number of boating accidents a year is three hundred. The mm-hmm. uh, number of people that drown is, is 3,000. That's what you really should be afraid of when you go to the beach of, of drowning. Yeah, The shark should be the, the last thing on your mind. You <laughs> should be enjoying it. And yet, you know, I find um, people come up to me and say, you know, I, yeah, I get the message in the book, but I just still don't. I can't believe it. And and uh, I just think, you know, it's sad that they're wasting the psychic energy when they're going swimming.
0: Yeah. You know, and and... It, it it illustrates also how language and culture can can kind of port- can shape how we view things. And I, when I think about the way sharks are portrayed, and maybe you might you might disagree with me, but I feel like it's the same way we um, portray drugs that, like you know, tr- we we banned and demonize therapeutic substances. While and imprisoning those who use them while, like, booze kills millions of people. Booze, you know, alcohol by far damages more lives, but we're focused on drugs. And I, I always feel like that's kind of like the way the sharks are portrayed. Am I making a ridiculous, absurdist leap?
1: <laughs> no, I, I think there's, you're getting at the kernel of the truth here, which is that there are there there are things out there that we worry about that we just shouldn't. Uh, we we overemphasize them, mm-hmm. and it, you know as you were saying with drugs and alcohol, uh, alcohol does tremendous damage. Mm-hmm. And and you look at the deaths caused by other means, uh, it's just not uh, related to sharks. So that's that's a fair point when you look at the fishing happening around the world Mm -hmm. and these casualties uh for sharks are so horrendous people think well you know it's a shark after all and who cares about sharks and uh we really should change that because sharks as apex predators stand at the highest level in the marine food pyramid Mm -hmm. and at that level they help to maintain balance in the ocean and when sharks are removed it causes a trophic cascade throughout the system. You know, there are half a billion people on the planet that rely on, on fishing for a living. Obviously, we consume tremendous amounts of seafood. And if we take the sharks out, that's going to damage both jobs and the food that we eat, literally, mm-hmm. because of where sharks are on the food pyramid in the ocean.
0: Yeah, and it's amazing because I read, you know, in your book, sharks have survived five extinction-level events. We've killed you like you said, we've killed a hundred million sharks. How many sharks are there at any given time in the world? you think
1: uh, yeah that's a great question and i've I've asked the question to several scientists, and uh, the sad truth is we just don't know yeah there's still a mystery about sharks we don't know how many great white sharks are out there uh, we We know, for example, how many lions there are there may twenty five thousand in the world, but we, we don't know. It, it could be a few hundred uh, to a few thousand. Mm. Um, and uh, uh, you know. And many shark species are really suffering. Those sharks that are out in the deep ocean, like the oceanic white tip and the silky and the dusky shark, those populations in the last 30, 40 years are down 80%. So we just can't continue this kind of uh, decimation to the sharks because they're, they're like us. They, they take a long time to mature, it can take a great white, for example, two to three decades before they reproduce. And when they do, like us, they only have a few pups. Mm-hmm. And so this is not like other fish that can literally lay a million eggs. Yeah. And so when the shark populations are are hurt, they do not snap back the way other fish populations do. Mm-hmm. And so that, that puts the, the, the whole situation in a different light that we just can't wait much longer, or else in many parts of the world, sharks are going to be gone. And in Australia, where sharks um, in, in some areas were overfished and gone, the reefs that were there literally died, because part of that reef ecosystem, you need to have balance. You need to have all the creatures there doing their job. Diversity is key. And when the predators that were sort of in the middle of the food pyramid they started feasting on the parrotfish, and, and for those of you who may be familiar with diving or snorkeling, parrotfish are the ones that they keep the reef clean. They get rid of the algae growing on it. Mm-hmm. So when the sharks weren't there to patrol to keep the parrotfish basically safe, the sharks were acting like police, uh, the parrotfish population was decimated, the algae then took over the reef, smothered it, and killed it. Mm. So that's just one example of where sharks are crucial to an ecosystem. And then, of course, you go throughout the ocean. There are many different ecosystems. There, there are seagrass ecosystems, and, and we can go into this if you want to. But again, they're crucial in that environment, even in the in the deep oceans.
0: Yeah, you know, so uh, William. To, William, you did touch yeah. on something that made me think. You, talk, you talked about their how many uh, pups they have. And I was wondering it just made me made me think about what a shark's sex life is like. Is it is, it, is there any interesting uh, things that you can you can um, uh, 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 tell my viewers that they didn't know about the sharks' sex life?
1: Yeah, uh, there's a lot that people don't know about shark sex, and uh, of course, I first have to say it's a wonderful thing that uh, <laughs> uh, they <but>, you know have this, <laughs> but it's uh, it's very tough. On the females. Mm. the the males need to somehow get a hold of the female, and they obviously use their mouth. and uh, so the females can get uh, quite tattered up and uh, pictures that uh, I have um, in, on my website show the the sharks just cut up. Now the females over time have developed a skin that's three times three times thicker. Than the male, so that they can handle this kind of uh, of treatment. Oh, okay. And uh, so, so, but the female uh, obviously doesn't want to go through this very often. So, for great whites, for example, a female will not breed uh, except once every two years. I, yeah. And I, when they do, uh, yeah, when they do breed, they like us. They have a gestation period that's actually a little bit longer, around eleven months. Wow. And uh, so it's a uh, you know, for an apex predator. They have to be smart. They have to – sharks don't have mothers to teach them, so they have to learn. And so it takes them a long time to mature in the womb and then develop. And uh, so they're, uh, they're they're more human-like than they are fish-like. Right,
0: well, speaking yeah. – I mean, are they um, – would you consider them to be social animals? I mean, do they, like, you know, communicate and argue with each other? Or I don't know. I mean, I don't know the size of their brains, but are they social?
1: Yes, they are. And, of uh, course, it varies by species. There are 500 uh, species of sharks, so they keep on finding them. There was one species discovered that actually glows in the dark. Mm. And uh, yeah. the, the big sharks tend to be not so social, but when you get to to the typical shark, which is actually only three, four feet long, many of them can be very social. For example, uh, lemon sharks. And I have a chapter devoted to this uh, uh, the book, Emperors of the Deep, devoted to the sociability these little lemon sharks that are growing up in the mangroves in bahamas and florida they actually pair up and they have buddies that they travel around the mangroves with and they tend to learn from the older sharks where to hunt how to hunt and that we had thought years ago the sharks were solitary animals um, they uh, are, are just lone hunters and that's not the case at all They're they're also, many species are hierarchical, and um, they actually, when they get together and aggregate in in groups, and this was one of the things I found fascinating when I was in uh, Hawaii, is sharks, even though they're big and uh, and strong, have to worry about being eaten by other sharks, particularly tiger sharks. And uh, they're so afraid that many of these different species of sharks aggregate in a group for safety. And uh, off Hawaii, they'll congregate around 200 feet down, spend the day down there. And then at night, when it's safer, they disperse and go go off. So these aggregations, they're social. These are ways to protect themselves. This is not about mating because these are all different species. So, again, it shows we're learning about sharks. We still have a lot to learn. And this aspect of their social ability is, is new and uh, and gives us I think so, you know a new respect for
0: them so William didn't you, you used to work on Wall Street how did you end up uh becoming obsessed with sharks how did you end up in this from one from one shark feed to another
1: <laughs> yes well for these sharks are actually safer to be with than the land sharks I,
0: I bet tell you that by, yes. from
1: experience. And uh, what happened was, you know, i had always loved the ocean, and, uh, you know, on vacation, I went out to uh, Montauk, Eastern Long Island, and I stumbled on a shark tournament. And a shark tournament is where fishermen go out to catch the biggest fish, and they bring these sharks back to the dock, and they weigh them, and the, the winner gets surprised, and they gamble. But when they're done, the sharks just end up in a landfill, and when I saw that, I thought this is such a waste. It's like going out in the forest and doing a contest with bears or mountain lions or even lions in in south Africa and uh here I saw them strung up like criminals that deserve to be executed and so it got me on this journey mm-hmm. and as i as I kept learning about them, I realized that how as horrible as shark tournaments are. There is around the world this massacre taking place, uh, particularly on the high seas, because of the way tuna is caught. Yeah. And uh, you know, when we get that can of tuna at the supermarket for a dollar ninety nine, uh, there's a reason for it for it's being that cheap, which uh, which is a whole other story. But sharks are actually tied up into that yeah. uh, catching of tuna. And it is it is leading to a potential catastrophe if it continues.
0: All right. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Now, uh, William, is is all do all lipsticks contain, uh, I I guess it's called squalene, which is squalene comes from the shark. It's uh, what is it? But I mean, like, I, I wonder if people realize that that like when they're putting on their lipstick, they're putting on something that's made of shark.
1: Yeah, it, it's remarkable that uh, sharks uh, are not just killed in tournaments and long mining operations, but for all kinds of frivolous things. As you said, cosmetics. Squalene is a fatty substance that's in the shark. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, not all cosmetics are, are made with this, but uh, some are. Uh, sharks, are. they take their skin and turn them into purses. They take the cartilage, grind it down, and turn it into... Vitamin supplements for right. saying the shark cartilage doesn't cause cancer, which is absolutely not true. Right,
0: I remember um, that. I you know, I remember that fad. Yeah. It was like in the probably the eighties, and then it keeps coming back. This shark cartilage thing. It, there's always a huckster in the eighties did it, and then it comes back in the nineties, goes away, and then it keeps coming back. Somebody else picks it up, you know, because it never yeah, goes yeah, away.
1: Yeah, I was in a in a uh, in a supermarket, and uh, there was shark cartilage on the on the uh, windowsill. There, it just uh, made me crazy to think mm-hmm. that people are doing that. So, for all these things, uh, sharks are being killed, and, and and I think that as consumers, that people need to think about the, their seafood purchases. Where does it come from? And um, the the one the easiest thing to do is to make sure that uh, you buy American seafood because. We have the best rules and regulations in the world. We do ban uh, shark finning in this country, and so you can feel fairly secure that uh, the seafood you're getting is not ending up killing sharks. Yeah.
0: Well, William, uh, the book's fascinating, and you also have, I believe, you have a movie coming out based on it twenty in 2020.
1: Yes, that's right. So I have a movie of the same name, "Emperors of the Deep: The Shark," and submitting to festivals this fall, hopefully out in. uh, second quarter of 2020, and it, it follows the book. Obviously, the, the book can go into more detail about sharks, and, and I do start off with a description about the big four, the great white, the tiger, the mako, and the hammerhead, and what science has learned about them in the last five to ten years. It's really been a remarkable period where our knowledge of these animals has literally exploded, and uh, for example, uh great white sharks, um, no one knew, had any idea that they can dive down to four thousand feet. They're hunting something down there, we're not sure what it is. And when they travel, they migrate actually in the in the wintertime to warmer climes and that can take them anywhere from journeys that last one to two thousand miles out in the open ocean. And the way that they do that is um is remarkable. And I won't go into details on that, but it's it's all in the book and and we get a new appreciation for sharks when we learn about them and how fantastic they are. And I would just say one last thing that um, one of my missions is is to have people seek sharks out in uh, ecotourist environments. So you may live in an area where there's shark cage diving. That's true in Florida. Yeah. There's shark diving off of uh, Rhode Island and uh, now Eastern Long Island. And once you get in the cage with a shark, you realize, number one, is they're not interested. Right. Uh, They have more important things to think about. And two, when you get up close to them, you just see how magnificent they are and that they're really not interested in us at all.
0: You know, I think uh, I'm going to leave you with my one stupid theory. I believe that dolphins have gotten gotten off easy in this whole world because they always look like they're smiling. And sharks don't smile. So the whole thing is like everybody thinks dolphins are friendly, but they're not, are they? I mean, they're kind of like they're uh, they're no less friendly or more they're no m- more friendly than a shark. That's my that's my stupid theory. Yeah,
1: yeah. you don't have yeah, to I,
0: indulge I'm it. Stupid. You can tell me I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> it's okay.
1: Oh, no, no, Greg, uh, that's actually a very good theory. And- and uh, I should encourage, because, you know, 10, 20 years ago, everybody was nuts about dolphins. Right. And now there's great interest in sharks, which I think is fantastic, and people are, want to learn about them and understand them. And dolphins can be uh, pretty rough. Right. They, uh, they, they penalize each other in their groups, and uh, they can beat each other up, and then they uh, are they talk about dolphin sex, uh, yeah. gang up on the females and, and chase the females, even though they want nothing to do with, with the males. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're not, again, yeah. wild animals, particularly apex predators, they're not just cute and cuddly. To, no. be, to To respect them. And, and I think we need to look at sharks and dolphins in the right context, which is apex predators that play a very important role. Let's leave them alone. Let them do their thing. And when we go in the water, just be very respectful of them. And, yeah. uh, and then everything we can have, uh, you know, we can have our cake and eat it, too, and that we can go swimming, enjoy that, have our seafood, and we don't have to worry.
0: Awesome. Well, William McKeever, it was a pleasure talking to you. The name of the book is Emperors of the Deep, Sharks, the Ocean's Most Mysterious, Most Misunderstood, and Most Important Guardians. You can probably buy it anywhere you want. Amazon is easy as well. Thank you, William. Good talking to you.
1: Thank you, Greg. Wonderful to catch up with you. Great. Take care.